HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses of Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you, so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. And in the studio today, I can, you know, I, just, just to back up a little bit here. I know we just started, but we're just going to back up a little bit. Uh, just launched my fall menu uh, yesterday at my bar, Grand Army, and uh, got me thinking a lot about the... This fall is my favorite season for the transitionary like time of year and the ingredients. That I like a lot of spice, uh, and fall is always my favorite time for uh, food and drinks, especially. Um, so that's probably a pretty good idea to... Uh, talk with my buddy Brennan Adams in the studio today uh, about some tequila because it's it's one of those spirits that you can you can actually it's it it goes on different levels as far as like age and and the flavors that are imparted by uh you know going from Blanco up to Añejo. um so yeah i think it's a pretty good day to talk about tequila what do you think i couldn't agree more well welcome to the studio thanks for having me heck yeah man appreciate it man yeah so I guess let's just start there, man. I mean, like, well, first of all, how's your fall going? <laughs> fall's uh, fall's wonderful. You're wearing a this hoodie. Is, I you know. am wearing a hoodie. I do. I do love hoodie weather. It's hoodie you weather. Know, it is hoodie weather. It's um, you know, this way I can walk into a, uh, a you know, into a bodega with my hood up and uh, you know, rob the place. Of, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to say that. You know, you never self-incriminate, <laughs> especially but. when it's going to be archived. <laughs> exactly <laughs> for the ages. But yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, the thing about tequila, especially agave spirits in general, um, you know, for, you know, I think traditionally we always see these things as spring, summer, um, you know, occasion. And, and, and really when, um, uh, you know, if, if, if they're done really well, um, you know, you have this, this huge spectrum of, of flavor and taste and, um, and with all the natural spices and fruit notes, it goes 
unbelievably well with with what we consider you know traditional fall cuisines and that sort of yeah. you know sort of slightly heavier, spicier, more developed, complex foods. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then you know playing it to cocktails. Um, you know, it's uh, anytime we can take the place of, you know, what we, you know, you know, we, we see all this evolution in, in, in cocktails and, you know, going away from the cognacs into the, into the whiskeys into, mm-hmm. you know, into, you know, as far as the classics and then the innovative, you know, kitchen style cocktails and yeah. that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see, uh, agave on the rise. It is. I mean, you know, especially like you're talking about like the, the differences, like, like Phil Ward, I think it's one time when he was on the show, or maybe it wasn't when he's on the show. Uh, maybe we we're just talking one day. Um, but yeah, it was like it was Phil like, Ward talk. Yeah, I mean he he'll talk a lot if you get him going, uh, especially about tequila and agave spirits. You know, um, I was just like, so why why tequila, man? And he was like, dude, you can do like everything with it. You know, like you can like for for instance, like. He, he also like talks about like playing Mr. Potato Head with classic cocktails. <laughs> sure. And there's no better spirit than the different types of tequilas as far as age because you can really swap them out and a lot of times make a much better cocktail uh, with them. Yeah, much I, deeper for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, the thing is, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> here's, here's the absolutely amazing thing about, about tequila and, and, and agave in general. <clears throat> From one single phenotype the blue Weber agave, we have hundreds of different expressions. Um, from the, you know, if you take a Highland agave, you'll have, you know, you have several hundred expressions, even if they're all done the same way. Sure. And the only variance will be, will be the, 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 the yeast um, altitude, uh, you know, the, the you know, uh, the, 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 the way they age um, and even filtration. You know, yeah. those are very simple things that lend that 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 lend you just amazing variety from just one phenotype of one plant. It's crazy. It's incredible versatility. So, so tell me and about variety. Yeah, totally. Tell me about how this company Santerra got started. Yeah, so Santerra basically, you know, the the, the whole idea behind Santerra is. Um, uh, Wanted to enter the tequila market um, um, one because it's 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 on the rise, but it's also uh, it's it's also a category that's endangered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the with the massive rise of tequila, the the demand in the United States, um, tr- and and a lot of the old traditional uh, growing practices in um, in Mexico uh, with agave, sort of um, it, the demand has outstripped production capability in some mm-hmm. areas, and so uh, couple that with uh, monoculturing. Um, uh, uh, pests and, and blights and that sort of thing. You find, um, you know, peaks and valleys. Yeah. I mean, I do you know? think that there's, like, some of that has to do with, like... I mean, I know that, like, in the... Uh, like, in the late 90s, there was a huge drought. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, uh, agave wasn't... It was a blight, yeah. Yeah, it, like, it was... Uh, it kind of, <clears throat> It kind of, in a way, like... In a lot of ways, it you know, since there wasn't as much tequila going around, the price went up, and then um, there was almost like this sense of exclusivity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because yeah. it's the same way with like American whiskeys too. It's like where you know, like everyone wants a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, but there's not, <laughs> because there's nothing, there's nothing there. Well, but like five we, years we, ago, we, we can we, t- we can talk about made up markets later. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's it's kind of like the De Beers thing with diamonds. Yeah, you know, diamonds have inherently no actual value. 
they don't. They're just they, yeah. It, literally, it's just it's pencil graphite under pressure. Sure. You know. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, but I think um, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting though. Like especially, yeah. well, I mean, like you were saying with this, this you've got you've basically created uh, tequila that's just built on qual like the highest quality. But yeah. There's just not a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, our our shtick is this. We wanted to show that you can make tequila very simply. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's 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 responsible uh, on the front end, dealing with the with dealing with the uh, um, um, front end responsible growth and harvest issue, uh, rolling harvests, um, paying the farmers uh, up front, um, so that you know there's no there's, so you encourage them to not monoculture, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and, and and to you know and to treat their their, their properties <clears throat> in, in in a responsible way, but that also helps to uh, you know when you when you um, you know when you grow healthier plants, then you have healthier soils as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so uh, our message is really if you deal with the front end sustainability issue um, and um, and make tequila very simply, uh, you can have you can come out with an incredible product. Um, we just we just want to do it on a very small scale. You know, we're doing it on a very small scale. Um, you know, by design, it's not craft, it's not artisanal, it's not handmade, it's none of these, you know, uh, ubiquitous marketing terms. It's literally just good, simply made tequila, just in small format. You know? I like that. That's it. I, think that I think that's great. I mean, like, you know, we were talking about this before the show, and I was, like, telling you about, like, my farm in Oklahoma yeah. and how I wanted to, like, basically make a, a whiskey on the farm. Which, you know, we're going to talk more about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, the way that I grew up with farming, it wasn't, there wasn't, like, all these, like, herbicides and pesticides and all this stuff. You went out and you pick weeds out of the field. Yep. To, like... Let the plants grow. Absolutely, know? yeah, but, absolutely. So then, like as I get older, I start hearing yeah. all these like uh, you know buzzwords like you know like organic biodynamic. Per- like they're 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 real things, but uh, you know like artisanal handmade, like all these things they get they get thrown around a little bit. Yeah, it's again, it's I mean you know and I I understand why these things exist. I mean you have to you know you have to engage the consumer's mind, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you engage the the average consumer and and, and just get them to create willingness to try your product, right? And so you know and 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 largely you know you that's, put that's, cocaine that's, in it like <laughs> like they did back in the day. It's easy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, come on. Yeah, the first one's it's marketing one on one. First one's free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, it, it's not like we don't do that now. So, you know, you know, sans cocaine, but you know, yeah. the first first one's free. Tell all your friends. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's it. But but the way you're talking about it, it's different. Uh, I mean, like because obviously yeah. we have nowadays, like it's much different than it used to be. Because, like, of course, like yourself as a brand ambassador, you're out there and your job is to put the product in people's hands and like get them familiarized with it. And it's it. You're not like shooting blind. You know, you're not no. just like putting it in a no. store and like yeah. you know. So I think it's. I think I don't know. To me, like the. I've done a lot of brand work in the days that, you know, in the years that I've been doing this. And, like, I think really the, just like that, just being honest about a product and and putting it in people's hands and just giving them the facts is absolutely the most important thing. And, you know, it's kind of, and also, like, I like, I really, okay, I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit because I like the uh, packaging of this bottle. Because um, I used to be a graphic <laughs> designer design and I like... Geek. Yeah, I'm going to geek out on design a little bit. Both me and my twin brother 
like we, we he's actually he works for Wired. He's the art director oh, okay. for Wired magazing. Okay, so cool. He still does it. I I got bored and right. started drinking and getting into uh, <laughs> cocktails. Um, but I really like the fact that it's a very clean package, and it like I guess kind of like we we're talking about with the uh, the whole like mission statement with the the juice itself. It's like right. Also, I love the fact that this is just nerdy on my end, but I like the fact that it's the bottle's actually screen printed and not uh, a sticker. Yeah, yeah. Because I hate I hate wasteful like paper. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. It's uh, we you know we try to minimize as much as possible with this. It's it's a good solid bottle. Um, you know, and uh, it, it it fits in the rail. It's it's heavy. It's well made. The seams are down the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's minimalist, but um, and 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 I actually think that it plays into uh, sort of uh, the 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 idea of modern Mexico. Um, you know, and it, it mm-hmm. sort of you know oh, pays sure. homage to the to the to the um, uh, traditional styles of architecture and design. Um, but uh, the clean shoulders and. Um, sort of blocky design of the bottle, I think, uh, plays well into um, you know the sort of modernist aspect. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Do, do you? Uh, you said uh, it fits in the rail. Uh, do you? Yeah. Want it to be in the rail? You know, the thing is, so the you know so much of the setups now, you know, with with bars is um, you know the rail setup is no longer in in a lot of the high end cocktail bars, as you know, mm-hmm. um, is not. Just you know, it's not relegated to oh, all the cheap. It's not it's like cheap spirits anymore. It's not. It's, no, it's literally set up yeah. to to your cocktail list. Sure, you know, and absolutely. so yeah, absolutely. I want it in the rail if you're using it in a cocktail list. I think that yeah, absolutely. well, totally. No, Actually, that's... personally, you can put it anywhere you want as long as you buy it. <laughs> well, that is at the end of the day, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, come on, it's it, the idea of having a bottle on the back bar and just leaving it there. Yeah, like, the bottles don't sell because they're sitting on a back bar. That is true. I think that's an interesting point. That's, they don't sell because they're sitting on a back bar. Packaging is good for retail. Because yeah. the consumer walks in, and they, you want it to catch their eye, and so you know there's this whole sure. metric about where to place it in stores right. and things like that. But you know, when if it, the well, bottle's too wide, it's going to get turned sideways, yeah, and you're yeah. not going to see exactly, it. Like, exactly, the mentality of the you know, and and you know when you, when we're talking about you know talking about the on premise in bars and restaurants, you know, it's I, I'm more concerned about whether or not the staff is buying in. You know, sure. I want the staff to buy it. Well, because they're the ones who are ultimately your your silent sales. Absolutely, people, you know? absolutely, and sure, yeah. You want the visibility, but if if my bottle is going to live in the rail, then so be it. Yeah. If it's in the rail, then I hope that hopefully that means that it's uh, it's moving. It's moving. Well, I mean, of course. Usually, if you have one in the rail, there's one on the back bar, too, for display. I mean, that's how I always roll. I would but, hope so. But, I mean, like, oh, I can't fit, like, a bottle of Benedictine in there. See, but... everyone should take a class from Damon. <laughs> well, yeah, come on. Um, but, uh, also, I hate pour spouts behind the bar. So, yeah. I like, anything that I'm using, like, I, I want to have the back bar clean with the, the, the corks and caps on them. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think it's interesting you say that because, like, yeah, we are. At a, I mean, you've you've been bartending for a very long time too. Yeah. Until yeah. Uh, now that you're working as a brand ambassador yeah. for this uh, company. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting, like talking about the the mentality of the well and then the back bar. Right. You know, that is it. Really, like, I guess we haven't really talked too much about that on the show until like right now. But it is. It really is interesting to see. Like, if you walk into my bar, there's like. Bottles of chartreuse, yep. and you know, like there's some expensive shit back there. Yeah, exactly. Like, that you're, you know, you're like yeah. you're pulling. You know, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, it's about you know, it's the the nice thing is that um, you know when we saw that transition, you know, from from sort of like the steakhouse steakhouse bars and and sling and fling 
um, to sort of the beginning of the, the kitchen, you know, the kitchen style uh, cocktail programs. And, um, and, and even then, you saw a lot of prep work going into the mixers and syrups and, um, and, and fresh juices started coming out. But, but the rail setups pretty much stayed the same. You know, yeah. so, you know, because they had that you had to offer, right? And that, of course, they were still the, the the things you were pouring the most. But now, you know, it's now it's about you know now that we've brought hospitality back into the top end, mm-hmm. um, you know, tier of of cocktails. Um, you know, it's about efficiency, right? Yeah. You know, and so you know, not only you know, not only are we teaching our staffs now to to work with you know how to how to set their cockpit up. Yeah. You know. So that so that it works in you know in fashion and when you're busy you can do it blindly it's, you know it's just training and, and 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 it's about now of course you know when when you really see the ones who are trained well it's when you start moving the bottles around yeah yeah you start grouping and you know for your your menu yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and you know you go to like go to Dead Rabbit and look at all the cheater bottles they have you know that's that's an insane setup and and it, I think it's amazing I love the, I love where we've gone where and where we're going with the cheater setups oh dude I, I do I love it I, don't, I, I think one it's visually appealing oh yeah and two it's just like I just love that puzzle absolutely you dude know? yeah I just like I said I changed my menu over yesterday and like just remapping everything it's like. Ah. I, I, I know, love right? it. Yeah, love, yeah. Like it's really it's like, fun. It's like yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's like it's like a game almost. Yeah, it um, is. But it's also like a. It's I don't know. I, yeah, like you said, it's visually like I think like anytime I go to a bar that like has their setup like their mise en place like on top of the bar, like I'm like, all right, well, they thought enough to like actually like make this efficient for themselves and right. for the customers. Like they, then they must have thought enough about their like cocktail menus and, and yeah. the way they're putting everything. Yeah. Definitely. So like it is it is the mark of like like a place that's actually doing Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I also I just like tiny bottles. Yeah. You know I what do I mean? too. Well you know, I mean well I mean after years of slinging around, you know, full size, you know, liter bottles and you end up with the old man syndromes, you know, the oh, yeah. carpal tunnel and <laughs> shoulder starts to hurt and you get this weird, you know, weird stitch just on the right side of your back. I slammed, my, your I slammed two of my fingers in yeah. the bathroom door at the up and up the other night. I still haven't recovered it. It's yeah, been like a week and a half. That's just from being but drunk. It's just from being old. <laughs> being old and drunk. And uh, yeah, so the tiny bottles really help out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I love that. And um, hopefully, you know, uh, I think we're going to we're working on trying to get these into a uh, smaller format. But same shape, yeah. Uh, which I think is going to be amazing. I think we should try some. I think we should definitely try some. We normally take a break halfway through this show, but I think we're just we're just going to. Yeah, you want to? We we had a we tried the we tried the blanco. Yeah, before. we tried the blanco earlier. I mean, we can go to the rest. Uh, it was Let's with the on. staff of Robertus and uh, some other friends. Um, yeah. So I love reposado. Yeah, uh, it's. I have tried this in Yeho. But mm-hmm. I would like to revisit it. Yeah, sure. But uh, but reposado is like definitely like it tends to be like my favorite category. Like yeah, my favorite age. You know the thing about reposado is um, uh, so uh, just to give you a quick background on on Santara. Um, so Santara basically what we do is we take um, high we take high bricks uh, high bricks level uh, agave, and so uh, we're going for much older plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we roast them traditionally um, for about uh, for about fifty four fifty six hours or so. Uh, put put it into molino, so shred uh, all the dry pulp goes animal feed. Everything else goes into ferment. It's inoculated with a proprietary fruit yeast, 
Um, but then it's an open top fermentation. So we're still allowing some of that to go, you know, by chance. Uh -huh. um, uh, with amazing consistency. Um, and then, uh, and then after, after filter, after distillation twice, uh, in, uh, Lambex, uh, it goes, you know, the Blanco goes straight, uh, gets cut with water and put it in the bottle and then the Reposados direct contact, uh, uh, in American oak barrels, um, that have been used once, uh, and recoupered. Oh, okay. Uh, so we bring it back out to a, a, a three char okay. and then scratch it. Cool. Okay. So it's a bourbon style aging. Um, salute. salute. Oh, man. Yeah, so you get direct contact six, seven months on this. And so you're going to see, like, in the bottles, you'll see variation in color. Because we don't care about the color. There's no color or flavor manipulation in this. Right. That's it's great. All, it's all whole, whole fruit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, um, uh, and then the Añejo is, um, is, we'll move on to that one. That one's special. That one is very cool. Yeah, that one's special. That one is, um, so that one's actually, it's not just a straight Añejo, though, to be totally transparent. Um, the first batch of uh, Santara tequila that was made um, using a little bit of foresight, I think, um, we put, uh, put 1,200 liters into two barrels okay. and uh, let them sit for about three and a half years. So 20% uh. of that is actually the extra Añejo. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, so it's 80-20. Um, so so 16, 17 months, and then the rest of it's You're like, you walked into that like, yeah, just to be transparent, it's not actually Añejo. I thought you were going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, actually, yeah. it's kind of like a super Añejo, basically. It's, yeah, it's kind of better than, it's, yeah, yeah. It's kind you of tricked like, me. I did. Well played. Um, so when you were a bartender, you, you bartended for quite some time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started. You were in D.C. for a while? I was in D.C. for a long time. Um, I, let's see. Hanging out I, with Adam Bernbach? <laughs> I love Adam. Yeah, he's, he's great. Dude, that kid is so talented. Yeah. So talented. And, and from the design side. Yeah, that kid's ridiculously talented. Yeah, um, yeah I was, uh, you know, with Adam and Derek Brown and all those guys. And yeah. um, uh, I, well, I came out of the design field and uh, got burnt out and, um, and, then, uh, and then got back behind the stick, uh, I guess, gosh, that was 2004. Mm -hmm. um, cool. And a uh, restaurant group, a top-end restaurant group in D.C. sort of uh, took a chance on me. Uh, one, because I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> and seriously, they, seriously, it was like the general manager of the place, was a massive Steelers fan, and and no one else was. And he was like, "You're hired." <laughs> it's like, okay. So yeah, I I, I worked uh, at uh, at uh, at Ten Pen, which is uh, now closed at Tenth and Pennsylvania, so right across the street from the FBI building and, right. and DOJ and IRS, and right in the smack of federal uh, the federal district. And uh, then um, I after like four or five months or so they gave me they let me take the helm of uh, of their flagship dc coast and i moved that place out of uh out of its you know pre-mixers and everything else into more of a kitchen-based program because um, i wanted to tie in more with the culinary side and i was like well if these guys are doing all these wonderful locavore things and sourcing then why aren't we yeah you know um DC's, and, dc has a great yeah bar scene well and, and this was back in 2005 yeah at this point so this is you know, and everyone likes to think of DC as like five or six years behind New York, and and I say false, absolutely, I think yeah. false. I mean, like that's yeah. I it's one of my favorite places. I, I had I had not gone to, and I've, I consider myself extremely patriotic. Um, 
Almost. Well, you're from Oklahoma, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean you, you don't have any choice. I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, so, but I had never been to Washington, D.C. I didn't, like, go on a class field trip when I was in high right. school or yeah. anything like that, you know. But uh, I, I first got to go to D.C. about, uh, like, two years ago. It was very recent. Okay. And I've been back, like, five times. And yeah. I just love it there. It's an amazing town. One, it's, I mean, the town itself is amazing. But two, for what we do, our, oh, yeah. the F&B side is ridiculous. There's so many talented people there. And, you know, and, 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 and what I really love about it is there's this core, there's this great core of, of innovators who, who, and mentors for everyone else, you know, in the yeah. city who've stayed there. It's, you know? yeah. You, and can, they, you really feel that too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a really tight community. And, you know, and the stalwarts like Dwayne Silvestri and, and, and Adam Birnbach and, and Owen Thompson and, and Derek Brown and Tom Brown. And, and like J.P. Featherstone. And Featherstone, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you have all these characters who are they're there, they're D.C., and they're, they, they want to do the best job possible but also teach. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. That And it's just such a tight, loving community. Yeah. It's so supportive. I, I, I love the town. Yeah, you know, and you know I live here in Brooklyn now, but... Um, yeah, it's. But, I miss the grass too. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. grass there and trees and stuff. It's a lot more than here for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Like, it, was it was was agave? Was that like something you were working with a lot when you were bartending? Yeah, I, actually, yeah. Um, so when I left um, when I left Passion Food Hospitality, I ended up. Uh, I had a consulting group and. Uh, uh, consulted on a few places, but then I got picked up by uh, by uh, modern Mexican Richard Sandoval, yeah. and uh, opened up uh, El Centro, uh, the first El Centro oh, down right there, on. and took over Zengo, and um, um, and uh, yeah, and so you know I wanted to build um, the largest key, you know tequila inventory in the Mid Atlantic. Wow, um, outside of New York, yeah. I, I understand geographically New York is in the Mid Atlantic, but yeah. Um, it's its own thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. New just York take City. it, take New York out. Yeah, Metro New York is its, Give it's everyone yeah. else a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, and so I, 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 I've always been, I've always been, I would always qualify myself as a as a beer and whiskey guy. Um, even though you know, it's I, I, one of my great mentors was a wine guy, and um, uh, I worked for Rogue Ales for a year. And, oh yeah, yeah, and and I I love whiskey, but um, uh, what I really love about agave is just it's incredible versatility. Yeah, and, and it's the the and you know like we mentioned earlier, it's you know from one phenotype of one of one fruit, mm-hmm. we get this incredible variety of juice. You know, and it's it's just insane to me. And it works beautifully in cocktails, um, you know. It's uh, you know, and so I fell in love with it uh, very early on. And um, did I ever think it was going to become uh, like my thing? No. But then again, I mean, I'm 41 years old and still looking for my for my path. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think I think it's cool. I, I yeah. like it when stuff like that happens. Though. Yeah. Because yeah. when something finds you rather than you finding it. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like when you have like a friend that you can't remember how you met. Yeah. You've just been friends and it just happened. That's, I think that's 95% of my Facebook page. <laughs> we met at Tails. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember that at all. So we got yeah. the Añejo now, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. So the big vanilla bomb. Yeah, and this guy is, uh, and and you know, when you think about cocktails with this, I want you to immediately think the old fashioned. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's a be- makes a beautiful fashion with demerara sugar, uh, yeah. sugar cube, and then I yeah, use yeah. a I use um, a bitter cube, bitter cube mm-hmm. Boulevard bitters um, is how I spec it out. But uh, but yeah, it's I mean you can do it any way you want to, but this makes a beautiful yeah. old fashioned. This is great. I'm this is I'm a big fan of this mm-hmm. one. Um, and I am I, I am sp- as well. It's again because my love of whiskey, and this is a very whiskey affront presence, mm-hmm. and then it just it sort of just fills your mouth with the agave pepperiness yeah. at the back end. And one thing I think you'll find is um you know notice the body on it changes and there's yeah, no flavor sure. manipulation on any of this but because the vanillins are so much more present it's you know convincing our brains that it's just so much sweeter yeah and it's not at all dude it's i i really like this <laughs> i feel awesome. guilty a lot of times when we taste on the show uh-huh. because people are listening and they're like what but i guess you just have to go out and find it man yeah yeah absolutely i mean they can get all the information they need <laughs> yeah. on website yeah on the website um which is you know where yeah so uh the website is um uh santera tequila.com but uh yeah i mean we just launched our official launch uh was september 28th so last yeah, you week, guys are babies yeah yeah total babies and uh we have very small inventory but um you know it's a, you can find us at uh, at several great places like drexler's forest point um uh basic american whiskey grand army, uh, grand army. <laughs> Um, uh, Hudson Barn Books. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and the grounds, the support, the support in, in, in the New York community has been uh, has been pretty stellar. Yeah, and I mean. It's, it's, oh, it's good juice, it's, man. It's, it's mean, great stuff. I mean, it's, it's not juice. surprising at all to me. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, thanks for bringing this stuff in. No, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for bringing me in, letting me, uh, let me uh, pitch it out, you know? It's, yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. It's uh, you know, I'm like I'm I'm you know I, I have a lot of people come on the show and like bring in stuff like nice stuff for me and and the uh, the Heritage Radio staff to sip on uh, <laughs> during and after the show sometimes before right but well, uh, yeah I'm really I'm really excited for you guys this is awesome uh, like I said you know this is like time of year where I, I just like I find I find like you know like like you said you know they, like tequila definitely has such a big like wide spectrum of flavors and, and uses and i think uh it was a really good idea to have you on the show today to talk about this stuff hey thanks man i appreciate it you have to yeah. come back sometime no, man anytime all right brandon appreciate it buddy yeah take care man all thanks. right that's it for the speakeasy uh we'll see you next week uh go out and find santera tequila and share it with the share it with me because <laughs> i like it all right that's it bye <laughs> It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.